Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. I am proud to announce that Food Pharmacy, one of the biggest health brands in Sweden, is now launching its highly acclaimed blog as well as books and podcasts in English. Food Pharmacy is eager to take its award-winning Scandinavian concept and share it with the rest of the world and to contribute to the fight against the global burden of lifestyle-related diseases. In 2014, Lina Nertby and Mia Klasa started Food Pharmacy, embarking on a long, sometimes meandering, often magical journey towards their goal of improving public health. Along the way, they've spoken with a variety of experts and professionals in various fields related to health and lifestyle. In this podcast series, you'll meet a few of them. Be a part of the journey. This is The Food Pharmacy Show. Hello, Mia. How are you today? I'm very fine, thank you. How are you? Yeah, I'm fine. I feel energized. Good. I was thinking about that um, when we started our health journey about, what is it now, six years ago? It's six years. Yeah. Our focus was how to eat ourselves to a healthier life. But what we didn't know then was that we had actually taken the first step towards a whole new life. A whole new life. Oh, sorry. (laughs) I'm not kidding. The way of eating didn't just end with new eating habits, but ended up in changing our lives completely. And mostly, it ended up in changing the relationship we had to ourselves. Very true. We often say to people who want to live more healthy, but don't know where to start, that they should stop thinking and just start somewhere. Because the good thing is that once you started to live more healthy in one area, it will soon spill over to another area, right? Let's say if you start eating better, you will probably get more energized and soon also want to be more physically active. Yes, and when you are more physically active... You, by essence, sleep better. You do. Mm. And this is something that we did notice, how our healthy eating made us change other parts of our lifestyle to become more healthy. One day, we looked at ourselves and felt that we are now pretty healthy, aren't we? Yes, we are. Fully unaware of that we actually had a quite unhealthy relationship to ourselves. Because, to be honest, if you don't take care of the stuff going on in your head, it is quite hard to be truly healthy. Yes, that is so true. And that's something that we are living proof of. You could eat your greens, you could do your yoga, and you could even sleep like a baby. But if you're not kind to yourself, you're still, in a way, unhealthy. 
In many ways, health starts with a healthy mindset and also a healthy self-talk. I would say the most healthy lifestyle change we have done so far is when we started to be kind and speak kindly to ourselves. Yes, I, I actually agree. I mean, it sounds so easy, but this was actually the hardest lifestyle change we have done so far. Yeah. Luckily, we got a lot of help from a mentor and a coach, but also through guided meditations. Yes, and through guided trauma meditations, I would say. Yes. When you talk about health and being healthy, this aspect of life is unfortunately often forgotten. In today's podcast, we will meet with a true inspiration for working with your mind and heart. One of Britain's most well-known physician, Dr. Rangan Chatterjee. Yes, and Dr. Chatterjee is also a best-selling author of wonderful books like Feel Better in Five and the Four Pillar Plan. He is also a television presenter, best known for being the resident doctor on BBC One's breakfast show and for his TV show Doctor in the House. What we love with Dr. Chatterjee is not only that he is so damn nice, smart, good-looking, he is also genuinely interested in empowering people to be the architects of their own health. This is actually the third time we meet and interview him. And every time it strikes us what an important influencer he is. By sharing how he works with his patients and the great result his work gives, the holistic approach he uses when he works with his patients hopefully inspires so many other doctors out there. I mean, I get inspired to go and see a doctor like Dr. Chatterjee. Do you know what I get? Tell me. I get a bit jealous of his patients. Imagine if you went to your GP and then you met with Dr. Chatterjee. So your mission is to help 100 million people feel fantastic by restoring them to an optimal health. I mean, what a great mission. But considering we are more physically and mentally ill than ever, it feels like a mission with ambition. How will you succeed? (laughs) Yeah, it's a great question. So this mission... I really stated publicly for the first time, I think three or four years ago, maybe only three years ago, and I felt quite uncomfortable doing it at first because I thought, you know, what will people think? Will they think this is arrogance? You know, how is he going to measure 100 million people? And you know what? I, I read this article once, I think it was in the Guardian newspaper, that 100 million people around the world have to choose between... Um, I think between healthcare and food. And it mm. and it it really hit me and I, and I thought, well, that's a very powerful number, 100 million, and I knew that what I was doing with my books or with my podcast or with television was to try and help a lot of people at once. Mm. And I thought, well, 
100 million over the course of my career, yes, it's ambitious, as you say, it's, it's a mission with ambition, but it also helps me decide what to do because I feel a lot of the problems we're facing are very similar, actually. And if you can get the right messaging out at scale, you can influence the lives of a lot of people in one go. Um, and, I, and I actually do feel that the, the new book that's just come out in Sweden is very reflective of that because that's been my most successful book to date, um, mm. which I feel very lucky about, certainly in the UK uh, and also in America. And I think that's because I've made health about as simple as I can make it in this book. And if you think about impact in 100 million, so what's really interesting is that there's lots of schools now in the UK who are using the book as their well-being curriculum for their children. And lots of companies... Yeah, and loads of companies, like corporate companies, big, um, you know global companies I've been doing talks for this year and outlining the same program and they're also using it and the reason I think it is is because the two biggest obstacles to people are time and money and Mm. everything in my book takes only five minutes maximum to do and pretty much everything is free and so Mm. I feel the two biggest obstacles you've taken off the table straight away. So I think it's going to help me to get to my goal of 100 million people. Will I ever get there? I don't know. But do you know what's beautiful about it is it helps drive my my purpose. It helps me say yes or no to projects. Will this project help me get closer to that number? Or is it just going to help one person? And then it makes it easier for me to say, yes, I'll do this. Or no, I won't. Mm. I'm sure you will succeed. I'm not at all worried. <laughs> well, thank you. Thank you. And I think if, if I do, then it means we've hopefully got a happier, a healthier, a kinder, a more compassionate world, which is really what I, the sort of world I'd love to help try and create, particularly for my two young kids. I want them to grow up in a world where people are thriving and healthy and happy and treat each other with respect. You know, that's the sort of world... I want to live in, I want them to live in. And that's why all my messaging, whether it's in books or podcasts or Instagram, I always try and communicate with compassion, with kindness, with respect, because I want to be the change that I want to see in the world. I don't want to, I don't want to fight with people. If people disagree with me, that's fine. You know what? If you don't like what mm. I have to say, I would I would recommend you unfollow me and follow someone who you do like. Um, mm. But I'm no longer interested in arguments. I just want no. peace and and harmony, basically. We will dig into your book because I love this Feel Better in Five, the book that has just been launched here in Sweden. And I've read it, of course. But before, I just would like to, you said something about that schools in Great Britain have started to use the program in this book. And I'm so happy to hear about that because when I'm working with trying to create a healthier society, it always strikes me that Why don't we teach this to children in school? Imagine what great tools you can teach to young children to make them feel happier and build a strong self-confidence. So I'm I'm very happy that uh, that 
this is spread among young people also and not just uh, people our age. Yeah, I, I completely agree with you. I know you're a parent like me. Um, it's it's something I'm very passionate about. You know, often we don't teach this stuff at school. And so as adults, we have to unlearn the behaviors that we picked up and the practices and we try and get healthier. But why not go straight to the source and actually yeah. teach children how to stay well mentally, physically, and emotionally? Why not do that? And I've got to say, it's one of the, the funnest things to me that schools have really, really like it. I've given a talk at quite a few schools before um, it was difficult to go into large groups and, and actually do that, uh, which mm-hmm. obviously this year has po- been, been very challenging. But it, in some ways, this year also has highlighted the need for people, particularly in schools, how do we look after the well-being of our children? Because yeah. I know Sweden and the UK are dealing with uh, this pandemic in a very different strategy. But I think whichever strategy a country is adopting, there's still a lot of anxiety around. Uh, yeah. There's still a lot of stress around. And I think this year, I feel we've all been stress tested. You know, where are the weak spots? What are the weaknesses in our in our family life, in our school life, in our own health? And they're being exposed, like whenever we stress test anything. And I think kids and schools are realizing, actually, we need a better well-being program for our children. So yeah. um, I, I love, literally love the fact that schools are are doing this. I, I spoke this morning, do you know, do you know the PEP forum? Yes, of course. Yeah, I I, I, I was meant to be uh, speaking live with them in Stockholm today, but we, we did it over Zoom uh, when my trip got cancelled. And again, they're very passionate about children's health. And, yeah. um, you know, it's something that it's really not that difficult, you know. And, and because everything that I talk about only takes five minutes... It's very accessible. Teachers teachers will often say, oh, we want to do health and well-being, but we don't have time. But mm. now it's like, oh, what, only five minutes? Yeah, yeah, well, I can fit that in. I can fit that in at the end of the lesson. Mm. Um, and also kids enjoy it, you know. Yeah. The program in the, in, in the book is the same program my two children and my 10-year-old son, my 7-year-old daughter – they do it at home. We've all got our chart on the fridge. We all tick off the three health snaps that we've done every day. And it's it's really great to see children engaging. Yeah. So for everyone that haven't read your book, now when we talk about it, Feel Better in Five is your new book. Can I try can I can I try and say it in Swedish? Is it yeah. Forendra Dit Live? What's five in Swedish? Fem. Fem minuter i target. Yeah, really good. Uh, I'm this try- is the book. I'm trying. <laughs> Very good. So this is so appealing to me because uh, stress is the main problem today, as you said. I mean, we don't have time for anything anymore because uh, you know it's just like a constant. Uh, you going here and there and work and take care of children, and I guess the more stressed you are the more vulnerable you are to getting a bad sleep or do not exercise and all these problems and all of a sudden you end up with you don't know where to start. So here, your book, I feel it's extremely appealing because everyone has five minutes three times a day. So would you please tell us a bit about the philosophy when you started to write this book? Yeah, thank you. Um, 
you know, before I wrote this book, because as you know, we've spoken about my last two on on this on, on your on your great podcast, and I didn't want to just write a book for for the sake of it. I thought, what is what is the big problem? What is what is the problem that we are yet to solve? Because there's a lot of great health books out there with lots of great mm. information in. So I thought, well, what can I contribute that's different that's not currently out there? And I. I feel there's a lot of how there's a lot of what to do books, but not that many how to do it. Mm-hmm. And, and I think the key thing we miss is behavior change. Um, how do you create the new behaviors? Because I, I bet you everyone listening to this podcast right now, if you ask them, would you like to be healthier? Would you like to do more things for your well-being? I'm pretty sure everyone will say, yes, I would like that. Yeah. But they'll also say, but I don't have time right? Time Mm -hmm. is the biggest obstacle. And actually what's interesting is if I then reflect on my 20 years as a medical doctor, and I think about the patients who I've managed to help the most, I've always done it by starting small, always. And so not only has my clinical experience shown me that works, but also my, um, all, all all the later science in behavior change says the same thing. If you want to make a, a behavior last, you've got to start small. And I mean, maybe I'll give you a, a patient example just to show you how powerful this is. So a few years ago, I think seven years ago now, I saw this 42-year-old man in my clinic. He came in, right? Low moods. He was a little bit overweight and he was exhausted all the time. Now, these are hmm. very, very common complaints these days. And I thought it was pretty clear that actually his lifestyle was probably contributing to this in some way. Hmm. And he was interested in changing it. And we went through various options. He goes, I don't want to do that. I don't want to do that. And when I mentioned strength training, he said, wow, yeah, I've not done that since I was a teenager. A dot's strategy, I want to do this. I said, okay, great. Well, let's just focus on that. And he said to me, you know, shall I do 45 minutes three times a week in the gym? Mm. And I said, okay, yeah, brilliant. That'll be fantastic, right? So he goes off and I give him a follow-up appointment in four weeks. Four weeks later, he comes in and he walks in and he's speaking softly, his shoulders are rounded over. And I said, hey, how, how are you getting on? How was the gym? And he looked at me and he said, Dr. Chassie, I've not managed to go yet. Work's been very busy. The gym's quite expensive. It's not uh, easy to get to from my home or my work. I've not been yet. And and you know what? He really, he looked and he felt like he was a failure. Mm. And I remember at the time thinking, I didn't think, why has he not done what I've asked him to do? I thought, I'm not giving him good enough advice. I'm not giving him advice that is relevant for him in the context of his life. So I taught him a five-minute workout. I I taught him a workout where you don't need to join the gym, you don't need to buy any equipment, and you don't need to get changed. And I said, what do you think? He goes, yeah, that's not too bad. I said, can you do that for five minutes twice a week in your kitchen? And he was confused. He looked at me and he said, what, 10 minutes a week? Is that it? I said, yeah, can you do that? He goes, yeah, of course I can do that. I said, okay. I'll see you in a month's time. So he goes off. One month later, he comes back. This time, his body language is different. He's standing up straight. He's got a smile on his face. I said, how are you doing? 
He said, Dr. Chatty, I'm doing great. I started off doing five minutes twice a week, but it was so easy to do. I felt so good afterwards that I now do 10 minutes every evening before I have my evening meal. Wow. He's now doing 70 minutes strength training a week. He's been doing that for over five years. And you know what's really powerful? It's not just about that one change. In the book, I write about something called the ripple effect. Mm. That started everything. So the working out before dinner means that he now wants to eat better. Because he's eating better and working out, he sleeps better. Now what he does, he gets up every morning, he does 10 minutes of breath work and meditation before he starts the day. Seven years ago, there is no way he would have contemplated any of this. But the reason he did it, it was because I made it easy for him to do. And there's a few little tricks in there that, you know, I I know you've read the book. In the book, there are six tips on how you make new behaviors stick. Yeah, that's one of my questions. Could you please go through those six? Sure. And I think the best way to describe them is through that example, because that example has a lot of them within it. Um, Mm. so rule number one, if you want to make a new behavior stick, you've got to make it easy. Now that's what the research shows and it's counterintuitive when it comes to health. We think it's got to be difficult. It's got to be about deprivation, punishment, restriction, but actually health can be fun. Health can be easy. And so this is really interesting. If we go to business for a minute, right? Think about Amazon, the big global online company, right? When Amazon moved to one-click ordering about five years ago, their profits went up by $300 million every year. Wow. One change. Now, why? What's, what's going on? Amazon understand behavior change. They know if you make something easy, people do it. Five years ago, you would have to go to your online checkouts, confirm on the next page, next page, type in your card details, confirm on the next page, four or five stages before you can make the purchase. That mm. means there are four or five stages to pull out and not do the activity. Now, it's so easy. Before you've blinked, you're getting a delivery the next day, right? Mm. Netflix, YouTube, they all do the same thing. They make it easy for you. That's why on YouTube and Netflix, one video rolls into the next one. So before you realize it's midnight, I need to go to sleep, I need to wake up early, you're into the next episode. And I am not criticizing those companies. What I'm saying is that business understand human behavior and they apply it. When it comes to health, we don't. We throw the rule book out the window and then we get confused as to why we can't make these new habits stick. So you've got to make it easy. With my patients, I made it easy for him. Not only does it take five minutes, he doesn't need to buy equipment or change his clothes, right? Yeah, that's important. Very important. Hey, look, I may have told you this before, but I have a, I have a, uh, I do a strength workout every morning, right? I've not missed a day. It's only five minutes, uh, but I've not missed a day now in three years. And that's not because I have more motivation than anyone. It's because I, like many Swedes I've met in Stockholm, love a cup of coffee, right? So Mm. in the morning, I, I put my coffee in my French press and I put a timer on for five minutes. That's how long the coffee brews for. Mm. In those five minutes, I do not go on Instagram. I do not go on email. 
I do a workout in my pajamas, right? That's in great. My yeah, so I've made it easy. So I don't need to be motivated to have my coffee, right? I don't need a reminder. Wrong good, come on. You've got to make your coffee. Say, oh, okay, I'm going to make my coffee. No, I'm going to do that. So that's rule number two is you've got to stick on the new behavior onto an existing habit. Now, I think, let me just expand on this because it's really interesting for people, right? Any behavior that you do in life needs what's called a trigger, right? So for me and you to be on this call right now, we needed it to go in our diary and maybe a notification on our Google calendar saying we have a one-hour conversation but, right? That's a trigger. Mm. A trigger can be your memory. Oh, I remember I said I was going to interview Rongan at at midday today or at 1pm. Memories are triggers, but they're the most unreliable triggers, Okay. Mm. The next best one is a notification, but it's still not as good as the very best form of trigger is when you stick on the new behavior on to an existing habit. So an existing habit is something you are already doing without thinking about it. So I make coffee every morning without thinking about it. So if I can stick on a new behavior there, boom, that's when it will start to happen regularly because I attach it, I piggyback it on. And that's why I haven't missed a workout in three years because I haven't missed a cup of coffee for three years. That's a great tip because normally you try to fit in new things in your lifestyle and uh, and then you forget about them. So, But you, I would never either forget to have my coffee. So uh, then it would be perfect. But it, but it doesn't need to be a workout then, right? So, so for example... I think in the in the book, there's a case study of this 40, maybe 42, 44-year-old lady who was suffering from migraines, really bad uh, migraine headaches. She, she was busy in her job. Her husband was busy, and she had three children. And I, she tried the medication, and she didn't, it didn't work very well, and she was getting side effects from it, so she didn't like taking it. And I, I felt very strongly that stress was certainly contributing to her migraine headaches. But Mm. she was very resistant to doing things. She goes, Dr. Shashi, don't talk to me about yoga. I'm not a yoga kind of girl. It's not going to work for me. I said, okay, no problem. We don't have to do that. And we were, I was trying to find something. And you know what I found for her? she, She really liked adult coloring books. I don't know if it's wow. a big thing or not. It's a huge thing in the UK. It's, it's basically a mindful practice because when you're coloring in, yeah, your brain switches off. You have to focus on not going over the lines, right? And so she, she basically said, okay, I'll give that a go. And she tried it and said, Doc, I love it, but I, I, I keep forgetting to do it. I said, when are you doing it? She said, whenever I have time. I said, okay, let me help you figure out where we can put it. She goes, no, my days are unpredictable. There's no pattern. I said, okay, okay, no problem. What do you do when you wake up? Uh, She says, well, I have to get the kids ready for school. There's three of them. There's chaos. I said, okay, do you do anything? She goes, well, I'll always go and make a cup of tea in the morning, even if the kids are fighting. I said, okay. So you you always, I said, do you need a reminder to make a cup of tea? She goes, no, that's the first thing I do. I said, okay. So maybe that's when you can do your coloring. And she said, okay. And I said, a little trick for you is you've got to make it easy. And that means before you go to bed at night, your coloring book and your coloring crayons have to be next to the kettle. Because mm. if not, you'll come down one day, you'll think, 
oh, I was going to do it. I, I don't have time. Oh, the crayons are upstairs or, or the book's in another room. Oh, forget it. I won't do it today. But if you make it easy, and it sounds like we're children, right? But mm-hmm. really, adults, we're the same, right? If you make something easy, we'll do it. Yeah. She started doing it for five minutes every morning. Within a week, her headaches went down by about 50%. Wow. Right, in a week. And three months later, they were, they, she almost never got them. Now, I'm not going to say it was all that, but what happened again was the ripple effect. In those mm. five minutes every morning, she started to access a state of calm that she never got in the day. She switched off. Mm. A- and that meant then at lunchtime, she started going for walks at lunchtime and there was a knock-on effect with her relationship with her husband, et cetera, et cetera. So what I'm trying to say is the five minutes themselves are very, very powerful, but it's also the ripple effect afterwards. And again, if you think about what I did with her, I taught her, which is the whole point of my book, as well as giving people lots of five-minute options. I think there's 40 or five minute, five minute suggestions in the book and people only have to choose three. That's it. You choose your three favorite ones. What I think this book offers that many books don't offer is teaching people how do you actually put this into practice in real life? How do you stop this being, oh, I read that book. I was really, I was really inspired and motivated, but four months later, I'm not doing it anymore. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I know exactly. I mean, everyone has uh, been so eager to start their new life beginning of January when a new year starts to just end up in February realizing that I haven't stick to my plan. So that's why I think uh, your uh, program is so achievable. Can I tell you on that, that I think new year, new you, January is a really powerful thing to say. One of the other reasons why the rule, rule number one is make it easy is this. In the, in the, in the research, and Professor BJ Fogg, who is the world's leading expert probably in human behavior, you know, Instagram, for example, was actually founded by one of his students. It was a class assignment oh. he gave his students. He said, photo sharing is going to be, I think this was in 2007, in the class that he teaches at Stanford University, he said, photo sharing is going to be, uh, there's apps that are coming out. They're going to make it really easy to share photos. Use the principles I've taught you to create an app that's going to take advantage of that. And, you know, one of the co-founders of Instagram actually submitted that as, and, and I think BJ gave it a mark. And I think he said, you know, very, very high chance of success or something like that, which of course was true. But uh, the point is in his research, He is called something the motivation wave, right? So motivation goes up and motivation comes down. Now, it's really important because when we think about health, we think, okay, this year I'm going to make it different. I'm really motivated now. I'm going to make change this year. We think motivation is going to last forever, but it doesn't. So we make our health goals and plans at the peak of the motivation wave, but we should make it for the bottom because at the peak of our motivation, we'll do anything. We'll go and run 5K every day if we have to. But when your motivation goes down, when you've had a hard day, when the children need help with their homework, when you haven't slept well, you're not going to do a behavior if it's difficult. So he says very clearly, when your motivation is low, as it will be, 
You need to make the behavior easy. That is one of the most important reasons why you've got to make it easy. Everyone can go spinning four times a week for the first two weeks of January. Yeah. But who's doing it in the first week of February? That's the key. softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. So make it easy and stick it onto a habit you already have. So number three. Number three. Okay, so there's all kinds of rules. Actually, there's more than six. It depends how you term them. But let's go to another one. So uh, another one is to work with your rhythm. Okay, Mm. so what does that mean? That is basically saying that... um, We've all got different rhythms in the day. We've got what's called a circadian rhythm. So we we feel like doing different things at different times of the day. For mm-hmm. example, as I mentioned, I like to do a strength workout when I wake up. Some people, they prefer a slower start to the day, a more gentle start to the day. I'm saying don't fight your natural rhythm, right? Don't try and put something in at a time when it's not going to work for you. You know, if you've got more energy, some people feel a lot more energy at 4.30 p.m. In fact, that's when we have peak muscle strength is between 4 and 5 p.m. So that might be a better time for people. So it's kind of saying work with your own rhythms. Um, Mm. You know, again, one of the most... The, the, what you see, because the book's been out for, what, 11 months now in the UK and mm. three months in America. Um, and the one of, you see what people keep talking about on like social media or messaging me about. And there, there's a huge variety, but there's, a, there's an exercise in the book that's for our mental health called the five-step release. It's a journaling exercise uh, mm. that really helps with stress and anxiety. And when I say work with your rhythm, this is a really nice, gentle way to start the day, especially if you're someone who suffers with anxiety. So one of the best ways to deal with anxiety is, look, we, we have these thoughts and worries in our brain, but we don't process them. 
right? Mm. Now, writing them out can be a very powerful way to process them. So you can either journal, like free form, write whatever you want for five minutes, and you are literally processing and taking the worries out of your brain and putting them onto paper. That is one option. Or the second option is this game called, the, this exercise called the five-step release. You answer five questions. Question one, what's one thing I'm anxious about today? Question two, what's one thing I can do to prepare for it? Question three, what's one reason it probably won't be as bad as I think it's going to be? Question four, what's one reason I know I can handle it? And question five, what's one upside of the situation? Mm. It is so simple. I say five minutes, it probably takes two or three minutes maximum. And Again, when I say respect your rhythms, I'm saying, well, you know, maybe that's something you want to start the day with. You know, it doesn't have to be with a morning hot drink. It could be if you are traveling to work, for example, let's say you get a bus to work. I don't know how much that's going on at the moment uh, in Sweden, but I know many of my patients, they, they don't want to do it at home. But as soon as they get on the train to work, they, they, the first thing they do is take out their journal and they, they, they answer those five questions and they say, I feel less anxious. I feel mm. calmer. I feel less stressed. Um, so, so that third rule is just really respect your own rhythms and do things at the right time for you. Don't try and copy what I do or what you do. Work out what works best for you. Um, mm. Another tip for behavior change is design your environment to make it easy. Mm. Again, you've got to make it easy. That's so, a good tip. I always use it for food. Don't have food you don't want to have in your cupboard at home because the likelihood of you having it is so much bigger. <laughs> yeah, I'm the same. Look, although I write health books and I'm passionate about health and well-being, if I have sugary sweets and snacks in my cupboard, I will be tempted in the evening, right? I yeah. will feel stressed. Tired. Oh, you know... I feel like something sweet and I'll, I'll sit in front of Netflix and I'll have something sweet. I'm tempted mm. just as much as anyone else, but mm. I don't bring it in the house so that when it, that happens, as it happened last week, I thought, I really feel like something. And I went to the cupboard and there was nuts and olives. And I was like, I don't want that. I want something sweet, but I didn't have anything. So you know what? I realize I'm not really hungry. It's what I call an itchy mouth. I don't, yeah. I'm, not, I'm not really hungry. It's just a habit. So I, I agree with you. But the same thing works for a habit. So like that 42, 43-year-old lady I mentioned with migraines, mm. she had to leave the, um, the coloring pad and the prions next to her kettle. It's easy because then she's visually triggered every morning. Oh, that's what I'm going to do. There's some yeah. really nice gratitude exercises in the book that help with emotional health and help with sleep and help with anxiety. And, and doing them before bed is really, really powerful. But again, if you're going to write it down, you've got to keep the journal and a pen on your bedside table. You've got to make it easy because what happens is this. If you're tired and you get to your bed, and the journal and or the pen is not there, the temptation is, oh man, I left it downstairs. Ah, oh, I can't be bothered. I'll, I'll do it tomorrow. And then mm. before you know it, it's something you used to do. So, you know, this is not rocket science. 
It really isn't, but we don't apply these rules. And what, and what I've done, and you, uh, you might remember this from the book, is that in English, I've called these sections making it stick. So every few pages, I've got a making it stick page to go, this is what you might want to consider. This is how my patients have found of making this stick in their life. Really, because it's full of case studies. It's full of practical examples. And a lot of this has come from what my patients have taught me. You know, because I've always been interested in which patients actually make change and which struggle. And I've I've really examined what are the consistencies. And that's kind of what's in the book. So, you know, design your environment. If you want to do it on your commute to work, make sure in your briefcase or in your bag, the journal is there. You know, make it easy. Um do you know what I mean? Like if you, and so there's, there's, I mean, I could expand that out a lot more, but essentially that's one of the key tips. Another one of the tips for behavior change, and this is what I did learn from Professor BJ Fogg, is that it's not repetition that creates new habits. It's, it's em- not. It's emotion. Emotion is the most powerful thing. And we always used to think it's repetition, but it kind of makes sense because humans i know this when you're when you're trying to talk to people when you're giving a talk or you're really trying to connect with them you've got to connect with their hearts right we don't change that much just with rational information we need a story like humans respond well to stories and so the key thing is you have to find a way of feeling a positive emotion at the end immediately when you finish so BJ Fogg, for example, he gives himself a fist pump anytime he does it. He goes, yes, I did it. It sounds very cheesy to Brits. You know, British people don't tend to do that. Like Americans will do that. But another, a simple mm-hmm. way is, another way to think about it is you've got to celebrate your success, right? So, And that I like. I read it in the book and I, I like that because then it's, uh, and that's what you're talking about because then you get a good feeling, a good emotion. Yeah, it's like the charts. We have the charts in our kitchen. So we tick it and one of the guys in the book, he's got a jar, an empty jar. He puts one coffee bean each day for or each health snack. So if he does those three five-minute health snacks a day, that's three coffee beans. Now what that means is he's getting a visual representation of all the positive things he's doing. And and that's very powerful to keep you motivated. But it also means if you're having a bad day, if your boss has been mean to you and you feel exhausted and you're frustrated that it's getting darker and it's the winter, but then you can see your, your jar and go, oh, wow. That's like I got 50 coffee beans in. That means I've done 50 proactive things to my health. It it's re- it, it helps you stay motivated. It feels good. And there are lots of tips in the book on how you can celebrate that success. For me personally, it's a wall chart. I love seeing the ticks. I love mm. seeing, oh man, you know, we're at the end of November and there's uh, three weeks worth of three ticks a day. And so on that day where I don't feel like it, I'm like, no, no, I want to keep the ticks going. Yeah. You know, we're all kids. We're just big kids. You know, it works for kids. It works for adults as well. Yeah. One thing that's extremely interesting, I think that uh, considering that you're a conventional GP, 
You're a doctor. But the way you treat your patients, it's a bit unconventional, isn't it? Yeah. And uh, I think I like this holistic approach that you have when seeing your patients. I mean, you in your book, you talk about these health snacks. And it's important that you choose one for the mind, one for the body and one for the heart. And then you might think, okay, if I'm a patient and I come to you and I have a chronic pain in my body, how would it help me to do a health snack for my heart, for example? Yeah, great question. Okay, so... Because we so used to separate and divide body and soul from each other. We, we do, and, and that's as I get more and more experience and I see more and more patients, I, I realize that one of the biggest problems I feel with, with modern medicine is that we have separated everything in. Every organ is different. The mind is separate from the body. It's separate from the heart. And it's simply not the case. You know, these things are absolutely all linked. And when you see the body as a linked, interconnected system, everything starts to make sense, right? Yes. Now, I will say acute medicine, it's it's been good to separate things out because you can, you know, or there are benefits to doing that to study certain areas. But in terms of who I see in general practice, when I see patients with everything, whether it's chronic pain or anxiety or type 2 diabetes or depression, whatever it is, I found that these holistic approaches are far more effective. And not only that, the patients love it because you give the patients agency on how you can do this, right? Uh, And they love feeling empowered in terms of how they can make change. The most disempowering thing for a patient is when they feel that actually they have no control over what's happening. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So so patients really like it. And let's say, take that example. Someone comes in with chronic pain, okay? I'm Mm. not going to go straight to this. I'm going to have a conversation with them. I'm going to go, okay, you've had chronic pain. What what have you tried? Um, You know, what painkillers have you taken? Okay, what's not working for you? Okay, is there any time where the pain's worse? And, And this happened to me a few weeks ago. Um, yeah, doc, it's like, you know, when, um, when I get really stressed or something stops working in the house, I live by myself, my pain always gets worse. I'm like, okay, that's interesting. So when you get stressed, your pain is worse. Okay. Well, look, we can consider more medication, but would you like me to help you think about how we can actually reduce your stress levels and see if that makes a difference? And they always say, yeah, okay, what can I do? And look, there's really good evidence that breathing practices, right? So conscious breath work for five minutes can lower our perception of pain because often pain actually, yes, it can be physical, but a lot of it comes from emotional pain as well. We're now seeing with a lot of neuroscience that pain comes from emotions. And Mm -hmm. I've got many patients, in fact, my mum, my mum is 80 years old. She has chronic pain. She's now off all her painkillers. Five years ago, she was on lots of painkillers. She manages it using this. She does five minutes of breathing a day, five minutes of yoga a day, and five minutes of connection a day. And her pain now, she doesn't need medication. Some days Mm. it's bad, and she does a bit more breathing. So I never, Lena, enforce things on people. Never. No. 
I always give people options and say, would you like this approach? If a patient says to me, I'm not interested in this, I don't try and fight with them. I think, okay, maybe they're not ready for this now. Maybe I'll come to this in two months or three months. So I have a very, I'd like to think a compassionate, a very inclusive approach, but actually not only does it work, there is science there to support this as well. Um, You know, you do some stress reduction practices like breath work each day. What happens? You sleep better. Oh, when you sleep better, your perception of pain is less the next day. You know, yeah. all these things start to feed in together. Um, so does that answer your question? Yes, I think it's a very good answer. I was thinking, what would it require to get more doctors to prescribe easy lifestyle changes? Yeah, look, this is a question that comes up a lot. Uh, what, what, you know, why, why are more doctors not taught like this? Look, I think we may have discussed before what, where the, why that's not happened in the first place, but what can we do to change it? Well, look, I think there is growing awareness of this. You know, one of the things that makes me very happy is that the books that I write are used a lot by doctors now. They're prescribed by doctors. In the UK, there's thousands of doctors prescribing them with their patients. They're like, well, we've only got 10 minutes with our patients, but why don't I just recommend give them Rongan's book and then they can actually get some help that way rather than me have to spend longer with them. Um, Mm. I think in Sweden, there's quite a few doctors who are prescribing my very first book, Helso Balansen, which we spoke about, right? Because it's a very practical way of engaging patients. But Mm. I've co-created a course called Prescribing Lifestyle Medicine and we have taught it now to a few thousand healthcare professionals who are now utilizing those principles with their patients. Last time I was in Stockholm, I think uh, when I spoke to you last, I also gave a talk at the Karolinska Institute in Stockholm to Mm. medical students about these philosophies. So this is not a perfect answer, but the point is that things are changing slowly, uh, subtly, there is a growing awareness. You know, us having this conversation, I know from last time, there's quite a few doctors who listen to this health podcast, right? And then they may hear something and go, oh, that's interesting. I didn't think about that. Maybe I'll try that five-step release exercise with my patient that I see tomorrow. And then they may pick up the book and give it to their patient. And so, of course, I would rather that all medical schools were teaching this to all medical students But I really think this is coming. I think it's only a matter of time. Healthcare systems are struggling. A lot of people are taking a lot of medication. And a lot of the time, they don't even feel better. Sometimes they do. But I've got many patients with chronic pain who are on 10, 12 medications. And you ask them, how are you? And they say, I'm dreadful. And then you think, well, that's interesting. You're taking 12 medications with side effects and with a lot of expense. And you're actually sometimes feeling worse than without the medication. And mm. I think if you can just tap into that, then you can say, well, what about if we experimented with a few different things? Would you be interested? I always ask my patients, but the way that what I do with my patients, I don't see it as I know best. I don't. They know best what's best for them in their life. I'm there to be their partner. I'm there to um, be their teammate and say, hey, look, what, what about this? Do you want some help with this? And I've got to say, I find I have very good compliance with my patients because I don't talk down to them. I don't pretend to know better than them about their bodies and their lives. 
and I treat them with respect. And when you do that, people want to make change. Everyone mm. wants to feel better than they currently do. And if you can give people empowerment, and I think that's what this book does, it empowers people mm. to go, oh, I can do these things. Hey, look, with, with COVID at the moment, right? Yeah. I know in Sweden, the rules uh, and guidelines have just changed, right? Yeah. Here's the, po here's the point. A lot of people are getting frustrated that they're letting their well-being, their happiness be influenced by outside sources. Now, if we get to the core, right? If your happiness is dependent on everything else in the world being right, the government, your work colleagues, the weather, right? You know what? You're a prisoner to outside influence for your entire life. You're not free. What I love about this book is it's like, it's about control the controllables. You can't control what the government say, but you know what you can do? You can control whether you give your mental health five minutes a day, whether that's with breath work, whether that's with journaling, whether that's with an activity that puts you into flow states. You can control that. You can yeah. control whether you move your body for five minutes a day. I don't know if the gyms are closed in, in Sweden or not. They are in the UK, right? But whether the gyms are closed or not, whether you can get to a gym or not, whether you're scared to go to a gym or not, you can still put on one of your favorite tunes at home and dance in your kitchen like nobody's watching, right? Yeah. You can still do skipping in your front room. You can still do an interval workout. And there are, there are at least 10 workouts in the book that take five minutes, whether it's yoga, intervals, strength, dancing, but all of them are free. All of them require you to not have to buy any equipment or get changed, but you can control that, right? Mental health, physical health, but you can also control... If you are lucky enough to live with somebody else, let's mm. say a partner or a friend or a child, right? You can control whether you spend five minutes of quality time with them a day and look into their eyes, put the phone away and properly connect with them. You can control that. Nobody can tell you not to do that. And so I really think this, this book was very important a year ago, nine months ago, before we had this pandemic. It's even more important now because these are simple things that allow you to insulate yourself and take control of your health, your well-being, your happiness, irrespective of what is going on out there. This is so important and good, I feel. And uh, in addition to this, you also write something that I fully agree on. And it's like, you can also control how you talk to yourself. And most of us are totally unaware of that we actually go and push ourselves down every day. And you would probably never speak to your children or your best friends the way you speak to yourself every day. So this is something I think is one of the most important thing to start to control your own uh, self-talk. Because if you do that, then it's so much easier to uh, to continue to be nicer to yourself. Yeah, hundred percent. I'm I'm I totally agree with you. I think it's one of the most powerful things to do. I think it's something that I have been working on in my own life for the last five ten years. I mean. 
you know, resetting these little patterns that I've always had, you know, mm. and I'm very conscious of it with my children. I'm very, mm. we're very, we often talk about it around the dinner table. Uh, you know, my daughter, she's like, when I say, oh, I need to do that. She goes, daddy, do you really need to do that? I'm like, no, no, darling, I don't need to. I want to do it or I've chosen to do it. You know, it's a mm. small thing, but it's so important. And, and look, when you dive into that self-talk piece around health, it is so important, but we, we mm. neglect it. You know, I know you're a huge fan of a good quality, healthy, tasty food. So am I. But as I've said before, food is one component. It's not everything. It can really no. help, but there's other things. And self-talk, a lot of, what, a lot of people, as you say, we, tr- we treat ourselves in a way we wouldn't, we wouldn't treat our enemies, right? No. You know, man, I'm, God, I'm useless at this. It always happens to me. Does it always really happen to you? Or is that just a story that you've created in your mind and you keep telling yourself? Because our subconscious mind is very powerful. It's more powerful than our conscious mind. It, it imprints us. It determines a lot of what we end up doing and what we end up thinking about ourselves. So there are some... Uh, I think there's a game in the book. I, I can't remember the name now. It's a while since I wrote it, but I think I called it the love list where you have to actually write some things that you love about yourself down. And I give guidance on how you can do this. And I say, if you find this difficult to do or you feel a bit, ah, you know, I'm not sure about this, that means you probably need to do it even more. If you cannot love yourself, how can you love somebody else or how can you truly be loved by somebody else? And... I think it honestly, that, that final piece in the book, which talks about emotional health and heart health, which is basically about connection, connection to the world around you and connection to yourself is the most important part of the book. Because if you get your emotional health right, mental health, physical health take care of themselves. Because often our choices and our behaviors are a compensation for a lack of connection. If you feel lonely, right? If you feel lonely and you're stuck at home by yourself and you don't have people to share things with, you will often seek to fix that hole in your heart another way with sugar, with sweets, with alcohol, with four hours on Instagram, right? You will seek to get that connection a different way. And, and I really feel strongly, and I've, the evidence has been since this book came out and what my patients tell me, that piece is so important. Many people have said to me, Dr. Chastity, you know, I worked out quite regularly. You know, I did yoga, I did Pilates. But you know what? I really neglected that emotional health. And since I started phoning a friend each night or sending a text message of kindness every evening to a different person in my contact book. You know what? I'm eating less sugar. I'm drinking less alcohol and I'm not even trying. And so I'm really proud that this book presents a holistic approach to people that as Professor BJ Fogg said, I was very, very flattered when he read the book and he said, wrong, and this is the best habit change program I've ever seen on health. It's deceptively simple, but remarkably effective. I think... That can I can I read you a message, Lena, that I got recently, which I think it really yeah, highlights this. Please, I'd love to hear. It, it's not for everyone, right? Uh, sorry, it, this is not the the book is for everyone. Whether you're feeling good health and want to have a bit more concentration and focus, or whether you're suffering with a problem, but I've had quite a few messages like this about people with bad depression who are suicidal, 
right? And I posted this on my Instagram page about a few weeks ago. I asked the mum if she would mind if I posted it. It was such a powerful message she sent me. It said, hi, Dr. Chatterjee. I know you get a lot of messages, but I really needed to let you know this. My friend's daughter has been suicidal, and during lockdown this year, she has tried to take her life twice. For many reasons, this has happened, but I decided to lend her my copy of your book, Feel Better in Five. I've spoken to my friend. She tells me her daughter has never really read books before, but she decided to pick up your book. She's read it. She's now exercising regularly. She's now back at school. She's now making more friends and is generally so much happier. I want to thank you from the bottom of my heart that you put this book together because you just saved a teenager's life. Wow. I I get emotional reading it because uh, there's many I've not shared publicly, but the point I'm trying to make is this stuff that I'm talking about is deceptively simple, right? But it is very, very effective. When you, if if someone is listening to this now and they're feeling low, right? And they're really bad about the way the world is, or if they know somebody who is, please share these ideas. Forget, you don't have to buy the book. Just share the ideas in the book that I'm talking about. That five minutes of something small done consistently at the same time every day makes a big difference. Because as I said with that patient at the start, The small things you do, they quickly add up and your identity starts to change. You no longer are someone who can't do something proactive for your health. You become the kind of person who's doing something for your health every day. And then the ripple effect starts. So I want to share that because I think it's, I, I know many people around the world are struggling right now. And I know somebody will be listening to this podcast who either is struggling themselves or they will know someone who is please do share that idea with them that even five minutes makes a big difference. Thank you so, Dr. Chatterjee. Um, I'm so happy to have you had you here. I I think you have so many important messages to spread and I'm so grateful for your work. I hope that next time you come to Stockholm, you come and visit us here in our office and we would love to invite you for a healthy lunch. Well, I, that is in my diary. I'm taking as soon as we're allowed to travel. As soon as things start to calm down a bit, I will. I very much am missing not being in Stockholm for these three days to come and talk in person in public to to you and, and the Swedish public. But next time I'm in Sweden, we'll definitely get together, and I, I can't wait to have a healthy lunch with you. Thank you so much. Take care, guys. Thank you. You have listened to the Food Pharmacy Show with Lina Natby and Mia Klase, joined by special guest Dr. Rangan Chatterjee. The podcast is edited by me, Sebastian Ring, and I've also composed all the music. For more food pharmacy content, visit foodpharmacyco.com and follow us on Instagram, food underscore pharmacy. the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. 
That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.